This is the Bloggist Podcast, a new type of podcast here to connect brands and influencers in a way that has never existed. This is the podcast where brands and influencers can come together to synergize worthy opportunities to reach new audiences and new heights. We'll interview both influencers and brands to talk about quitting the nine to five, building up your base one connection at a time, and what brands should know about your audience in order to leverage theirs. Brands meet influencers, influencers meet brands. This is the Bloggist Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so beyond thrilled to introduce you to the guest on today's episode. With over 100,000 community members across her various social media platforms, Carolyn Morand is a leading plus-size model, entrepreneur, and rescue dog mom to dog little Walter Harvey. If you don't follow him already, you must on Instagram. She's constantly on the move to wherever her modeling and life adventures take her. And although she enjoys seeing the world, she's a homebody at heart who loves to cook and be with her family and friends. She originally created her blog as an extension of her social media accounts, and it quickly turned into her creating more meaningful content meant to inspire people from all walks of life. Carolyn's goal is to educate and motivate her community with brands, products, and services that can significantly impact the lives of her followers in a positive way. Carolyn's most notably been seen working with brands like Whole Foods, Aptive, Bobble Bar, Forever 21, and Nordstrom. Today's episode is an extra special one. We'll be talking about her tips for growing your online following, ways to really captivate and engage your community, what trust means when it comes to building brand relationships and specifically working on sponsored content that is meant to inspire the lives of your community. And be sure to stick around until the end of the episode because Carolyn and I will be talking pretty in depth about ways that she was able to build long-standing relationships with brands that ultimately turned into pretty large streams of revenue. This episode is a great one. I know all of you are going to learn so much. Let's go to the episode. Well, welcome to the show, Carolyn. We're so happy to have you here. I'm a little nervous. I've only done one other podcast before and I'm, just, I'm a little nervous to be here today, but I'm excited. It's okay. We're just going to talk about our favorite topic, influence marketing. Exactly. You know, I could talk all day about this. All day, all day. I think we both could. So to begin, I'd love if you could talk a little bit about yourself, your professional career and how you've gotten to where you are today. To start, I was a senior in high school, and I was applied and accepted to Clarkson University. My mom told me to go online and apply for some scholarships, and instead, I was submitting my pictures online. Tyra Banks was having a teen plus-size modeling competition, and I thought it would be funny if I submitted my senior portraits into the competition. So I submitted my photos and it was kind of in a blog format. So I submitted my photos and then my pictures went from page one to page 12 so quickly. So people were just submitting and I just kind of forgot about it. And about a few days later, I received an email from a producer saying, thank you for your submission, but you submitted the incorrect images. We need you to resubmit. And I was like, that's weird. Okay. So I resubmit and then long story short, they called me. I was in the top 100 and then I was in the top 75 and then I was in the top 50, top 25, top 10. And then we went through all these extensive interviews and I had to create a video. And the next thing I know, I was the top six and they were flying my mom and I to New York City to compete in like a mini America's Next Top Model. We were all under 18, so we couldn't be housed for a long period of time, but they put us up with our moms in a hotel for about a week. And we filmed two episodes on her Tyra show back when she had her daytime TV show, but it was a very similar format to America's Next Top Model. And next thing you know, I was runner up of the competition and all of my 17-year-old dreams and soul was absolutely crushed. It was a complete whirlwind. And just being so caught up in the reality television bubble, I thought this was the end of the road for me. And Tyra Banks said on the show that she would call me and hook me up with an agency. And so I kind of felt, I was like, okay. I waited about a month to get that call. And when I realized that probably wasn't happening. So I decided to kind of take things into my own matter. And I connected with some amazing people 
and eventually kind of started to work a little bit. I had a contact with Seventeen Magazine through the show that I've pursued and followed up on. And I used to negotiate myself on Seventeen Magazine jobs. They would fly me out and feature me in the magazine. And then two years later, as a sophomore in college, I got signed with my first agency, Dorothy Combs Models, uh, based out of Miami. And I chose the most desolate location ever to go to school. The closest airport was two and a half hours away. I was so lucky that my college was so supportive and embraced me in every way possible. And they just considered me an entrepreneur and having my own business. And they allowed me to take the time and travel when I needed to. So I went to a very technical institute. Most people that come out of there are engineers or top like top 100 business company employees that come out of there. So I was really struggling with that. And I knew that I was meant for the unbeaten path, but I never really knew what that meant. So instead of kind of following my intuition, I just kind of followed my peers and the pressure of finding going to a job fair and finding, you know, a typical job. And I received a contract with the job. And the last second, I decided to back out of the job and not move. And I just knew in my heart that that wasn't wasn't for me, but I, I was, you know, that terrified me. I didn't really know what that meant, but I just knew in my heart that that job was just not where I was supposed to be. And in the process, met a guy out <laughs> of Buffalo, just decided to keep pursuing modeling. So I was doing that based out of Buffalo, flying back and forth. And then fast forward to 2016. So I graduated college in 2014. Fast forward to 2016, I was out in LA going to castings, which is like the model equivalent of a job interview. And I walked in and before they said anything to me, they looked at me and looked me up and down and said, how many followers do you have on Instagram? And at the time I had just over 10,000 and they laughed in my face and said, you better step it up, honey. And that was the moment when I started to say, okay, why does Instagram matter? Why is this so important? Why is this the reason that I'm being hired or not hired for jobs? And so fast forward to December of 2016 is when I was like, okay, you know, in the coming year, I want to take social media more seriously. I want to understand it and figure out why, you know, and, and really take a deep dive into it, which is when and how I connected with you. Yeah. And then we kind of, I wanted to figure out, you know, how can I build this? Why do I need to build this? Why is this important? And that kind of started my journey as the influencer blogger piece of my career and kind of how I've gotten to where I am today. I've never actually really heard you talk about your holistic career trajectory. And I think it's so empowering to hear that this guiding light was inside of you throughout the the course of your career, starting when you were 17 to where you are today. There was something inside of you that really said that, you know, this is something that I need to show up for every day. And I don't necessarily know what will happen in a month, but, you know, following that intuition has clearly led to, to massive success to take you to 2019 in January, and we'll sort of talk about the things that you're working on now. But I think for everyone, it's just empowering to hear that we don't all have it figured out, but putting yourself out there and really trusting your gut and your intuition will lead to great things. Well, thank you. And also keep in mind, I grew up in a very structured routine household. Both of my parents were educators. They went to school to be educators. They've always had this kind of straight and narrow path. And, you know, I grew up thriving with routine. I married a guy who thrives on routine. And so it was definitely has took me a long time to adjust and adapt to the concept of having this lack of routine lifestyle and never knowing. And it's kind of, kind of having a love-hate relationship with it. But again, like going back to what you said about just trusting your gut and knowing that it's going to work out. I guess I'm more of a optimist in that sense, but it's it was definitely a challenge being able to kind of accept myself knowing that all my peers were going into these, you know, major careers with a very 
plain view of, you know, what the trajectory of what their future was going to look like. Do you feel like it was that methodology of following your intuition um, enabled you to sort of say, hey, you know, to the rest of the people in my life, I, I obviously very much respect the career trajectory that you've had, but this is something that I feel like I ultimately need to pursue. What are the things that you feel like enabled you to tell your now husband and your family that this is something that I'm going to pursue? So it's kind of funny. I received a lot of kickback on it at first. I think my family, they were, everyone was always supportive, but they were very like, you need to work your way up. You need to pay your dues. And in the modeling world and kind of this influencer world, there's really no such thing as paying your dues because somebody can literally explode overnight and be you know, an overnight success. And there's really no rhyme or reason to this industry, which is also difficult to kind of explain. I guess I always kind of had that inside me of like, I don't know what the heck's going to happen, but it's going to work out. And, and I really took a deep dive into like the secret and positive affirmations and manifesting. And I really kind of took that into like, all right, this is, this is how it's going to be. And, and I really didn't give myself any other option. Like it's going to work out, not really knowing or having a plan, which my husband and family don't love, but that's just the way this cookie crumbles, I guess. And that's ultimately you being in control of your own destiny and being your own boss comes with a lot of really exciting moments and scary times too, but that's on all of us to really like join together and create a community and say like, we're not alone as we go through these ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and paving our own path. Because at the end of the day, it's extremely rewarding and fulfilling. For sure. So I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends from college and me saying to them, you know, I've always admired, like you've always just known what you've wanted and you've always like had this view and this path and I'm just so proud of you. And she kind of said the same thing to me. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like you didn't really know, but you knew this was your path and you decided to follow it, even though you didn't know. And so it's, it kind of all comes full circle of like, you always think the grass is greener, maybe a little bit on the other side. A hundred percent. And I, to the point of you really focusing on mindfulness and reading the secret, which I actually just recently read as well. But not focusing necessarily on the five-year plan. While you can say this is where I ultimately want to be in five years, being present in the moment and not being overwhelmed by the external kind of stimulators that are potentially impacting your emotions in a positive or negative way and just really kind of being in the moment and focusing on how can I show up for myself right now and that's potentially myself or the audience that I'm even building on Instagram and social media too. Absolutely. And so with that, over the past year, you've seen pretty explosive growth, which I know as a follower, it just brings a smile to my face, seeing the incredible content and not only that, the community that you've built. And I know a lot of times for me as someone who obviously follows a lot of people on Instagram, some people say that there is sort of an oversaturation in the market today, which I don't necessarily agree with. And I'd love to kind of understand your thoughts because as someone who has seen explosive growth over the past year, year and a half, I know that there's some bloggers who have been creating a community for about 10 years and thinking about this ideology of is is there an oversaturation in the market and you know how do you kind of get rid of the noise and show up to you kind of speak to your community every single day like we were talking about I believe that there's plenty of room for all of us to succeed and have our own you know excitement and success so I yes there's a lot of people doing the influencer blogger social media game. But I think that everyone has their own unique voice, right? So I think that you're the way to be successful, especially, you know, as of late is to be a personality and to be and show, you know, who you are. And that I think is how you kind of set yourself apart from everyone else, right? Because nobody else can be you and do you and have your take and spin on, on that. To your point of like, what do you think drove my growth? Yeah. It's really hard to say. So I definitely had the people trying to grow. I will say like the first 10,000 is definitely the hardest. So once you hit that, then I feel like it's smooth sailing. But 
the easiest way to grow. There's really no overnight pill. There's no, I mean, you could buy and whatever, but that's not, you know, authentic, genuine way to grow. And that's not ultimately how you can build a business too, is by purchasing followers. Right. Because if you're, you know, working with a brand saying, oh, I have 50,000 followers, but they're all bought. I mean, that's not right. Um, But I would say the way I've grown is collaborating and connecting with like-minded people with connecting with brands that I feel aligned with and just cross-collaborating, cross-promoting, being shared on other pages is a great way to grow organically and really just understanding that it's a slow grind. It's a slow build. There's really no, I mean, unless you're like celebrity status, there's really no quick potion or pill to rapidly grow. I think that point is really insightful because I talk to so many people every single day and I, I, you know, we talk a lot about growth. And if you think about it from just a user of Instagram, I find out about new brands. I find out about new people when someone talks about them. And I don't think people necessarily think about that frequently. They, they read these guides, you know, five top ways to grow your Instagram account. And it's really focused on posting consistently on your grid and using specific hashtags. And while those best practices do work, um, I think that there's definitely two parts to the puzzle. So those are the best practices that many people need to implement. And you do a phenomenal job at of keeping people around. So when I come to your Instagram account, I see these things, I see these beautiful photos, I see these really compelling captions, and I see all of these community members talking to this influencer, but it's going to take a lot for me to actually get there. And so that ideology of really working with other influencers who have like-minded followers and other brands who have like-minded followers, that's definitely a, a really tremendous way to see growth in a quick, impactful way and reach new audiences that are your like-minded community member. But I guess I just get the biggest kick out of when people send me direct message, which is, I have to say by far, like one of the best parts of my day is communicating and chatting with my community and my DMs. But the one message that always like cracks me up is like, how do I become an influencer? Like, how do I get a lot of followers? And I'm, I had to laugh because who can answer that really in one 165 character message back? It's a bit of a loaded question if you think about it. it. Is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same thing as like, how do I become a model? Yeah. You know, everyone's got a different story. Everyone's got a different path on how to get there. And there's really no one structure, formula, roadmap really to get there. Well, I think with that, frequently people, that initial step to going from someone who has an Instagram account to someone who genuinely is committed to creating a community. And this is something that I'm personally struggling with too. And many people who I, I work with are struggling with as well. And I actually love to hear your thoughts on this. It's kind of getting past the scariness of will people judge me? What will people think about this Instagram post? Uh, is I feel like I'm posting, I only have 1,500 followers on my Instagram account, but it's nerve-wracking to post something that's really personal. And once you post that, you, you, it's, it's a little bit of an emotional thing to, to post something and say, what are people going to say? So that's something that I, I feel like is that, that first initial step in going from being someone who has a lot of amazing friends, family, coworkers, peers follow them to being someone who is followed by people across the world. Putting yourself out there is definitely not easy. I really just started doing more vulnerable posts that kind of make me feel a little anxious or uncomfortable. And I really just started doing that in the past maybe year or two. And I find that the higher <laughs> the risk, the higher the reward. So people like connecting to people, right? They want to feel that they can relate. So sure, like I could post a picture of an outfit any day, anyone can. But what makes that picture or the voice behind that caption special? Or, you know, how can I connect or get somebody to connect and relate to that? I think that's kind of like the approach and the angle that I took. And yeah, sure, there's definitely judgment. I'm sure there's people out there that don't love everything I post and say, but I think in a nutshell, that's extremely inspiring. And in empowering all of us to to ultimately try because you're not going to see anything unless you try. 
And you're not going to see any sort of growth by not doing anything. It's important to just open up yourself and potentially connect with someone because that's also why social media is the coolest thing, in my opinion, in the world is because it's a, it's a place that you're able to connect with someone in a way that you probably wouldn't have been able to living in upstate New York or coming to the city. There are people that you would never have been able to connect with and you're really able to create this community. And so to that talking point too, I know you and I have, you and I have had conversations recently about this shift in the perspective and way you look at your Instagram account. And I know with you opening up and sharing more personal anecdotes, this idea of community is really bubbled up to the forefront. So I'd love if you could kind of talk about, you know, over the past year, you've, you've seen a shift in your relationship with social media. And really looking to your accounts as a, as a place to open up conversation with you and your followers. So I think it would be great if you could kind of talk about why this shift has been extremely impactful and why, you know, since social media is so 24-7, why this makes you even more excited to present yourself every single day to the world. So to the point on the building that community, I love connecting with other females. Like I definitely a girl's girl. I love that sense of womanhood, power, like girl power, all about that. I do have a pretty strong male following and I don't want to not make them feel loved either. But I feel like my strength is speaking to the females out there. You know, I have young teens that follow me all the way up to mid 50s. So I have a really wide scope of ladies and I really wanted to kind of understand who are these people and what do they care about? What do they like? What inspires them? And let's talk about it. Let's figure it out and kind of navigate this life together. And I guess to the previous point of like being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, people I find have connect with that, you know, when we're talking about feeling insecure or stepping outside your fashion comfort zone, you know, people also feel that as well. And that's something that can connect us, even if it's on, you know, a more shallow level, but that kind of can lead us to deeper, more meaningful conversations and building that trust. And one thing that I take so much pride in on my platform is the trust that I've built with the community that I have. And they know when I'm talking about something, I'm not bullshitting them. If I'm talking about something in a positive way, they know they can trust me in the sense that I'm, you know, whether I'm being paid or not, like this is the real deal. I genuinely use it. I genuinely love it unless I'm saying I don't like it. And that's something I'll never take for granted. And that took a while to do. And I just feel so honored to have and have built that trust with my community because if you don't have trust, you know, what do you have in a relationship, right? I love that trust. I think that's my key takeaway from this conversation, trust and building that trust and that level of respect between you and your followers. Because I think there's a lot of, again, back to we all follow a lot of digital influencers and sometimes you see them post photos and sponsored content with brands that you don't necessarily feel they actually would endorse. And it kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth because you feel like they're just taking this opportunity from a monetary gain point of perspective. And so building trust kind of positions you and, and tells your followers that whenever I talk about something, it's something I genuinely use. And I value. And I know you and I yesterday were talking about data and looking at the, the top performing. Yesterday, you posted your top performing items in 2018. And it was really cool to kind of understand that the top selling items that your followers purchased were items that you genuinely are obsessed with and talk about all the time. So they really trust you and they trust your advice. And when you talk about something because you genuinely use it all the time, like that ice roller, I know I went and just bought it yesterday. So it, it's one of those things that when you you build that sense of trust, it becomes so ingrained in their mind that whenever Carolyn talks about something, I need to purchase it and I need to, I need to get what she has. Absolutely. And I and I feel like I'm kind of at a unique position because as a model, I'm on the front lines of 
fashion and trends and beauty products and what they're using, you know, on set and stuff like that. And so I'm able to kind of soak it all in like a sponge and then take that back into my real life, adapt what I feel feels right, and then share with my community. So that's been like a really fun way for me to kind of take both of my worlds and combine them in that sense. I love that. Trust. I think that that's going to be my, my, the biggest word we take away from this. It's so, so inspiring. I have to say like one of my favorite things is when I'll get messages like, Hey, I'm going to a graduation party this weekend. Does does these shoes match with this dress or what shoe would you recommend? Like, I love that. And I love being their go-to girl. And I feel like not only am I their go-to girl, but they have been my go-to girl for many things where if I'm feeling a little lost on something, I'll put it out there and question and and I get hit back with some amazing feedback too. So I just love that sense of trust and those open communication lines. That's huge. And they feel like they can come to you for any questions that they have because you genuinely are their friend. And so, and I I think that a lot, as you think about someone coming to you, they feel like whenever they don't see Carolyn's posts or they don't, they don't see things that you're sharing, they're missing out and they really look to you as someone who's their friend. And so I think when people think about this term engagement rate and my engagement dropping when you're able to think about that relationship with your followers is a, a two-way communication streak and ultimately training them to come back to you and like be worried if they miss something that idea of someone just being like Carolyn's my friend and she wants to go out of her way to see you that to me over time is how you not only like really grow your following but have an engagement rate beyond anyone else on social media absolutely and i think that's something we're all trying to kind of figure out is is upping that engagement rate and bringing people in and making them feel a part of something. With that, what are the things you wish people talked about more when it comes to building a community online and being a digital influencer? What are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you feel like no one talks about when it comes to building a community and building your online audience? You see so many eBooks again about five ways to grow your Instagram account, but those best practices are pretty one noted. So I'd love if you kind of talk about, and this is a great place to share, you know, what are the things you've learned along the way that you would love to impart on others? And what are the best practices and maybe like misses and and things that you've learned along the way that you feel like you needed to learn and to experience to become better? To reiterate my other point, it's a slow, steady I mean, I work at it every day, every single day, whether I'm posting or not, I'm always thinking, I'm always creating, I'm always planning something. Even if you don't see it online, I'm I'm working at it. So you can't really, I mean, with any career, any field that you want to pursue, you need to like jump in two feet. Can't really just dabble per se. Like if you're going to do it, you got to do it. And that has kind of been my approach. Like I think for me personally, having a content calendar and planning out my posts of, okay, every Friday, I'm going to have a try and confidential fashion post or every Monday, it's going to be a wellness or motivation. And that way, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not scrambling saying, Oh my gosh, what am I going to post today? And that kind of helps you plan things out in, you know, the one week, two week, one month, two months kind of mindset. And that's something that has helped me tremendously is to be consistent. I think consistency is key in constantly showing up. And yes, of course, we all need breaks and we all need to kind of decompress and get off Instagram. Sometimes I do have a timer set on my Instagram uh, when I've been on for an hour and a half it notifies me. And so that way I know, okay, like I need to shut it down for the night. And I try to kind of limit that, but I'm consistent. I'm always on and always connecting and being aware. One of the biggest blockers people have is just even what am I going to post today? And so by having a content calendar, by brainstorming and saying, what has my community really been loving? Like, what are the top things that they've been DMing me about? What are the things that they've been really engaged with? Taking those points and then using them to guide your future content will create such a sense of ease for you because waking up one day and saying, oh my God, I don't have a piece of content. Okay, I have to get my hair done. I have to get a cute outfit. That's so stressful. 
And I've been there. <laughs> Some days I am still there. But generally speaking, it just makes sense. You just wake up. Okay, it's Monday. Like even if I don't know exactly what I'm going to post down to my captions, I have a gist and I can even just think about it throughout the day and let it marinate a little bit. And with that, your followers kind of become excited because they know every week they're going to see this specific piece of content. Absolutely. And I definitely find myself looking forward to other weekly or bi-weekly series that other bloggers, influencers are doing. And I think consistency goes back to that is like just knowing what to expect and setting the expectation. And that way people know like, this is, this is what's up. This is what's happening. And one of the content franchises you've really been focused on, and it has been one of the reasons I feel like you have seen such tremendous growth, has been your Try On Confidential series. If all of you listening don't follow Carolyn, you need to, and I'll link her social media accounts in the show notes of this episode. But every Friday, she does a Try On series called Try On Confidential, where she talks about fit of garments. She talks about her favorite items. And one of the coolest things is during the holiday seasons, you know, there were so many holiday gift guides that were being posted. And back to you building trust with your community and only talking about items that you genuinely love, Carolyn took her holiday gift guides to the next level. And every Friday would talk in her Try On Confidential series about all the items she linked in her gift guides. So one week, One of my favorites was things to buy for someone who's really difficult to buy for. And you highlighted 10 items that you, because you self-identify as someone who's difficult to shop for, (laughs) but there were 10 items that you love and you genuinely use. And, you know, that's why at the end of the day, that jade roller that we were talking about became, was one of your top selling items in 2018 was because it was something that you didn't know you needed and talked about it and showed it on stories in a way that was beyond just a, a, a 10 bullet point holiday gift guide. So. You know, back to building consistent franchises, I'd love to understand how did the Try On Confidential series come to fruition and why do you feel like people have been so connected to it and why do you feel like people have been so excited to to see and tune in every single Friday to what you're talking about? Well, thank you. You are so kind. I uh, appreciate that. So Try On Confidential has been this beast of a child of mine that I have been growing and nurturing and trying to perfect the process of, and I've had so much fun with it. And to be honest, I think the reason it initially did well and caught some wind, I guess, was because, again, connecting my modeling life and influencer life, which I fought for so long to keep separate, um, was it was a perfect blend of showing people what items look like on my size 14 body, which is the average size of a woman in America. So I was able to kind of model these clothing items and saying, okay, I'm a true 14. You know, these are my measurements and this is how it fits size up, size down. This is not really great quality. This is a good price. It's not going to last you long. And just kind of giving like the real scoop on what things are and being honest and saying, okay, you know, I like these, you know, they're a little bit of a splurge. And one thing that I've been kind of running into is people saying we want cheaper items, we want more less expensive items. And look, I get it. I totally get it. I've been there. But I feel like now I'm at a point I'm 26 years old. I don't want to be buying stuff that I'm going to be throwing away in a month. And trust me, some things are good for that. But I'm not just going to show you a shirt because it's cheap, right? I want to show you products that you're going to invest in. And when I say invest, nothing I ever post is usually over $150 to $200 max. But invest in a pair of denim that's like $100 that you will wear and you will love and you will feel so good in. And just like seeing those aha moments unravel. And I think my size is part of the reason why it's done well, because I can relate to, you know, the six, eight, tens. And then I can also still relate to like the 14, 16, 18, a little bit. And even though we might not have the same body shape, I have curves. And so that's something I feel like people can say, Oh, she's got thick thighs. I have thick thighs. And I'm going to rock them. and I'm going to be confident because she is. Why can't I? That's my been my favorite part of it is like seeing people say like, Oh, I saw your leather legging posts. Like, here's my picture of me in leather leggings. Like, you inspired me to wear this. I never took them out of my closet before. 
So I think it's just been like this overall approach of like me actually physically having the items, trying them on, but taking it a step further than other people just trying on clothes is talking about them and showing how they fit and being honest about it. I think that has been kind of a multi part answer. (laughs) No, I think it's huge, but that's, in a way, like sharing and teaching your community that you're doing so much more than just like ta- saying, Hey, this is the, my favorite $15 top that I, I purchased. It's taking the time to actually show them how you wore it. And to that point, like there really aren't that many size 14 women that are doing what you're doing right now. And so being able to just create a space where you can open up with women and, you know, talk about having curves and no matter what shape and size you are, fit is so important. And not every female is a size zero. And so talking about and really relating to both sides of the spectrum feels like it's it's been tremendous in terms of your community engagement and something that I love seeing too. I feel like with Try On Confidential, what you've really inspired and taught your community to do is post photos of the items that they're wearing. And over time, it feels like I, you know, yesterday I saw on your Insta stories that someone tagged you in uh, vitamins that you post on your stories the other day. So it feels like what Try On Confidential just in general has done for your social following is, is really trained your followers to post on stories and tag you whenever they hear about items from you, which in terms of a growth perspective, all of their friends now see your tagged Instagram handle in their Insta stories. So that's a really fantastic just growth strategy in general is to train your community to tag you in things that they are purchasing and wearing because they were inspired by you. And now all of their friends are going to follow you too. Absolutely. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is just kind of bringing in people and have their friends bring in people. You know, they feel, I've had uh, quite a few comments that are some of my favorite comments that are like, oh my gosh, this girl like Maggie London dresses and she likes drunk elephant skincare products. Like she should be our BFF. And I comment like, hey, I'm here and I am. It's your so BFF. cool. It's <laughs> so cool. That's like my favorite thing ever. Like I, I love, I love that. That's love so cool. It. You're becoming friends with these women. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel invested. Some of the girls that, that I've, I've literally, I have to give a shout out to this girl, Vanessa. She is in, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. I think Belgium. She's been following me since way, way early days, like at least five years. And she has sent me pictures of her trying out the bras that I've posted about in Europe. And I feel invested and connected. And I love hearing about like, oh, I'm going on a vacation or, oh, I'm planning my wedding too. Or, and I love hearing about that. And I'm like, well, let me know if I can help. I love that. That's my favorite part of the job. That's so cool. I think having those when the, when the times get tough and Instagram feels like it's it's overwhelming, remembering and thinking back to what you're doing it for and the reason you're doing it. That's it probably so 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 helpful absolutely like fame is never was never my end goal right like I would rather never grow another follower and just keep maintaining the relationships and keep building that trust and the friendship more than anything like that is most important to me that's number one more than like getting a million followers or anything like that I think that's something that so many people should remember like at the end of the day, what is your, what's your reason for being here and connecting to people is so much more valuable than growing to gain a million followers. Right. Like you have a million followers, like who really cares? Like now what? Who are those people that follow you? If you have a million followers, 5% of them could actually be people that you genuinely want to connect with. And so with that too, what tools do you feel like have been instrumental in shaping your online community? And if it's not tools, who have been the people, the support system that you feel like you've kind of looked to along the way to serve as support as you've really turned this Instagram following and this, not just Instagram, because only having an Instagram account will really limit you. So having a blog, having a really amazing Facebook page, really being engaged on Insta stories, who are the people that you feel like you've gone to or the businesses or, you know, tools or just other influencers who have really inspired you too, as you've kind of been crafting this community and really building your online persona as Carolyn Moran. When it came to tools, I have to say I fought a blog for a long time. I did not want to blog. I wasn't comfortable with the term blogger. I didn't really know what it meant. I was very scared of having a website. And then I finally decided, okay, 
and I think this is an important reminder to people, we do not own our social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it could be gone tomorrow, right? So I wanted to have something that my community, if all hell breaks loose, they could still know where to find me. And that's carolynmoran.com. That I own that. That's me. That's mine. And it will never be affected by an algorithm. It will never be anything but mine, which has been so important for me to have. And that's been so instrumental in having that to guide my community there when I need them to. Facebook is great. I, I've kind of had this love hate with Facebook right now. I think everyone does. You know, you have 20,000 whatever followers and one person sees it. It's just, it's very bizarre right now. But to that point, like really understanding who your community is, if you're a business or if you're an, if you are, you know, someone who is a person and has a following, you feel like the people who actually want to engage their content, they're not on Facebook, like don't fight the system. If they're not there, then, you know, focusing your time and energy on other channels where they can actually find you and engage with your content, like that's the most important thing. As you're going through the grind of Facebook, it's okay because maybe they're not there. Yeah. <laughs> you and I met a while ago through uh, the amazing Maxi Green, who was on our uh, episode last week. Who have been the, the, the people? So, again, you in the beginning of the episode, you were talking about how, and I think many entrepreneurs feel this way that the people in their lives are going through the corporate structure and there's a you know hierarchy of every year I get a promotion. And as a model and as an entrepreneur and as an influencer, it's important to still have those coworkers at the end of the day because doing this alone is extremely isolating. So who do you feel like those people have been and what are the pieces of wisdom that you feel like they've imparted on you and what kind of community do you feel like you've really gone to and looked to for support as you've been doing all of this? Would definitely agree like it can be a lonely job feeling connected to so many people virtually, but there is definitely something to be said about having a a human face-to-face interaction. So you have been, we've grown so much together. Um, You have definitely helped me grow in more ways than one. And just thinking about myself and my brand and, and having it scalable a little bit. You're definitely one of my key members of my success and I'll team Carolyn Moran (laughs) forever be grateful for that. So you, I mean, yeah, you've definitely been such a help in just making me think about, okay, not just tomorrow, but next week, next month, the month after that, and and being more long-term scale, which has been great. And just thinking about who do I want to be? What are the five things I want to be known for online? That's one of my favorite things to think about, especially when I'm talking to people who want to get started. And that was just so helpful for me. My friend Karina, she is in PR. I'll tag her in the show notes as well. Yes, Karina, Casey, you're there. She is such a boss babe. Like I, she just inspires me so much. And she helped me take my wedding journey and really maximize it to its fullest potential and working with brands and in an influencer space. And now it's becoming more normal. As we were doing it together, it was not really as popular or known. And so she just really helped me kind of believe in that there is power and PR and connecting and all these things. And she's always just supported and believed in me from day one. And I'll forever be grateful for that. My Instagram husband, I say reluctantly, he challenges me probably more than I, I like him to, but he is always thinking, okay, how can we, how can we scale this? How can we, you know, do this? How can he's just so supportive, but he's definitely like the technical brains behind some of the operations sometimes and keeps me in check a little bit. He's the chief of staff to Carolyn Moran. He's the submit an application. He needs to. Okay. So I just gave him a title, (laughs) Brian, you you have to submit an application. This is not for (laughs) you. Exactly. So he like has, I think has always had a love hate relationship with the gram. And I think now that he understands like this is really a business, he's definitely been able to take it more seriously, but I can't even tell you the times that he's been embarrassed on the street, taking my picture or something like that. But he's a good sport. I don't know if you caught my Instagram story last night. I was showing my dinner 
Oh, I did see that. Yes. Like, cool story, Carolyn. Like, thank you. He's so supportive. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> so all, funny. It's all like out of love, but 100%. And I can't thank you enough for the, the praise that you just said in the beginning of that question. And I'll talk about it a little bit more in a further episode, just the relationship that we have had. But the relationship that Carolyn and I, I built really is, is what was the foundation of building Blogus as a business. And this thought that so many companies, so many brands hire social media managers, but why can't someone who is building an audience have someone too? And so when you think about the business structures out there that are tools for you, the creator, having someone really in your court to ask the questions, what what is the ultimate goal here? And what is your purpose? And by posting every single thing about your life is kind of creating this very, very lean operation and people people need to know you for certain things. Like when I talk about and when someone, one of my friends asks me about who are my favorite people to follow, I need to know in like five words why I genuinely trust and love following someone. And so kind of one of the first exercises that you and I did was defining like who is Carolyn Brand as a person and what are the things that she loves. And for someone who does have an audience, posting just clothing photos will make you extremely one-dimensional. But so there's there's many, many, many parts of our lives that we want to share. But then kind of taking it the next step and asking, like, what is my perspective on those specific pieces of content? So when you were just talking about Try on Confidential and this this amazing content franchise that you've built, talking about fashion is something that many people talk about, but no one has the same perspective as you. And so these exercises that you and I have done, I I'm so grateful for on my end as well, because I, I think that it's really shaped me and the building Blogist as a business because no one really is there to serve as that social media support system for you. And at the end of the day, when you were just kind of talking about what makes you excited to show up every single day to work, this is the thing that makes me excited every day to show up to work is talking to digital influencers and understanding the pain points because it's it's ultimately, it's a slow grind and understanding that if you're working towards something and there ultimately is a goal, the benefits will come and you will see the return if you put in the level of investment. So I have a few questions for you. They came in through our Instagram account. Um, these are just very top line questions, but for someone who is just genuinely trying to They've gone past that barrier of, okay, I'm a little overwhelmed to have photos taken of me. What can I do? So just some general best practices that I think you've done a tremendous job at learning along the way that I think a lot of people would really value hearing from you. So I know as a follower of yours, I've definitely noticed that your content has shifted in an amazing way over the past about six months on your Instagram account. So I'd love to understand who are the people and what are the tools that you use for making your images look so beautiful? Well, I shoot, do kind of a combination of iPhone pictures and professional pictures, depending on kind of where I'm at and who I can abuse to take a picture of me in the street or whatever. But my friend Ryan, based out of Buffalo, I'll, if you want to tag him, uh, his handle is Seek Axiom. I'll definitely put him in the show notes for anyone listening from Buffalo. Helps me so much, and we've kind of grown together a lot in our photo skills. And he does a lot of like artsy stuff, and so I kind of challenge him to do a little bit more commercial, street style, kind of like more bright and light and airy. So he helps me with a lot of pictures, and I'll take five or six outfits at a time and shoot them all in one day. And that kind of helps me have some things that I can like pull out, you know, if I need to, and like spread them out over time which is good. And then I've really struggled with editing. Editing is just not something I've ever been felt like I've been good at. So I recently did a little change in the past month, I downloaded Adobe Lightroom, and I have a preset saved and I basically just apply to all my photos now and just adjust where I need to adjust. But another app that I love using is called Unum. It's U-N-U-M. And it basically is like your Instagram grid and you can upload photos into it and basically like swap them back and forth to see which picture would look better in your grid. I don't know if anyone gives a shit about the grid anymore, but I like just kind of knowing that it flows nicely. And having a peace of mind when it comes to your content is so important. I've never heard of that app before and I'll definitely check it out after this episode. You can plan out your pictures that way you're not having like two sitting pictures next to each other or whatever. And it's just like a good way to like 
see what things are going to look like before you post them. Because I remember I used to post screenshot and then delete. (laughs) That app helps me a lot. And so second question from Kylie. She said, I've rarely seen Carolyn post content multiple times. And a lot of digital influencers will post like the same photos over and over again. Because at the end of the day, investing in a photographer is expensive. And planning a photo shoot is quite laborious as well. So what are your best practices for making sure that your content is constantly new and it it isn't the same thing every single week? Well, thank you for that. Honestly, I think that's just a reflection of my life. <laughs> I never have the same day, same week, same month, twice. And I will say I I will post the same moment twice, but like I'll post like a different angle or a different pose in the same outfit. I'll never post like the same outfit, same pose, same image twice, but I have posted variations of outfits. That makes that's that's a really great piece of advice. So if you are going to take multiple photos of the same outfit, thinking about different places, different environments that you could take that photo in or different poses or different poses too to make it a little refresh, like refresh, yeah. Up close shot versus a full body shot versus a three quarter shot versus chest up shot. So like just kind of even if it doesn't have to be the same or different background or anything, but just like a different angle, different perspective that way, like it feels different, even though it's the same outfit. Awesome. I know that everyone will really value hearing those questions answered. So at the end of the episode, I love to talk about your relationship with kind of growth and turning your online community into somewhat of a profitable business. So the hot topic that many people talk about is building brand relationships. And so how digital influencers are able to monetize their online following. So I'd love to understand, like, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way? And what are some of the things that you wish other people told you about as it came to building relationships with businesses and trying to figure out how you can build and cultivate relationships that ultimately will lead to monetary gains along the way? So the one thing I wish I knew from the get-go is that this influencer space is like the wild, wild west. There are not a lot of rules. There are not a lot of standards, regulations, and every situation, every connection, every project is different. And as much as you can try to hold yourself to like a certain level or a certain rate, it fluctuates so much. Um, and that's one thing that I've just kind of like keep in mind and be fluid and flexible with that. So obviously, as I alluded to before, Carolyn and I work quite extensively on her business. And something that I think you and I constantly experience is many businesses read, say, on Digiday that influencer marketing is something that they need to try, but they don't necessarily have a best practice or like strategy that's been built to understand how they can work with you. I feel like a lot of our conversations that we have with brands is actually kind of taking a step back and identifying what are the ways that they can actually work with you. Many, many conversations that we have with brands are not necessarily as fleshed out as here's our influencer strategy and this is how you're going to aid us. A lot of it's very like cross-collaborative and sort of understanding what are the pieces of content that will resonate with your audience the best that will then enable me to drive the business goals that I want. So it, it, there definitely is a lot of push-pull in this space, which is actually, I think, an exciting opportunity if you're willing to put the the time and energy in. For sure. Yeah. And, and just understanding like, when I go into a new partnership or, you know, make a new connection, I want to know what are they looking for? What are their goals? And like, let me see if that aligns with me. And I think that goes back to like knowing who you are, knowing who you want to be online and aligning yourself with brands that have similar viewpoints. Again, like I've been approached so many times with skinny teas or detox teas or whatever that like, that wouldn't make sense for me to post about because that's not what I'm about. And, you know, sure, they offered a high paycheck, but it's important. And I think it goes back to the trust of staying aligned with what you believe in. Yeah. In making those connections based on things that work for you and that, you know, you can both grow and, and learn from each other about. And gain something from. So that's why in terms of best practices, never ever when a brand reaches out to you, say, okay, thanks, here's my media kit. Because what you're ultimately doing is just putting a complete halt in that relationship. And so understanding what they want from this and then you packaging up 
very individualized approach and kind of taking their goals, if their goal is content, building out a robust strategy for them that identifies this is in the past how when I've ever worked uh, with another brand, when I've created content for them, this is how they've seen a really, really high return on their investment. That's how ultimately this this relationship between digital influencers and brands will succeed over time. Just sending them a media kit just tells me as a business, all you want is some sort of like, you just want money and you're not going to build this relationship with me over time. And so that I feel like from your perspective, Carolyn, following you is how you've really been able to build long-term relationships with like Maggie London, who that relationship I think has been so tremendous in terms of just like authentically introducing your community to a brand because you love them and you believe that they will too. Absolutely. So, you know, this is a classic example of an organic, genuine way to work with a brand. I tagged them in a photo back in, oh my gosh, it had to have been November 2017. And then they reached out and said, Hey, like, we love your post. Thanks so much. We'd love if you got if you would want to do a giveaway. And I found that these giveaways, people loved them. They loved the chance to win a dress. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let's keep doing the giveaways. Yeah, let's, let's keep this up. And then after a few months, I'm like, okay, obviously, these giveaways are really successful. How can we build on this? How can we make it more meaningful? And how can we strategize and work together in a more thoughtful approach? And that's really kind of like how it started. So, you know, it genuinely was something that I loved and wore and bought on my own. And I feel like that's the, the most successful partnerships I've had are things that I've bought on my own and tried and talked about over and over and over and over again. And that's kind of how it has led to something bigger. And using those data points, giveaways, they're not a thing of the past. I think they're such a great piece of content in so many ways. But using that data to then show the brand, this is what happened when we did something in just a trade way. Imagine a world if we did something in a more strategic way. If this level of success was achieved by doing me purchasing an item, if we really focus on what are your goals, what are your goals as a business, and I ultimately create content that will encourage my community to buy or follow you on Instagram, this will be really a tremendous success because I've just introduced the brand to my community in an organic way and they loved it. So imagine a world if we were able to do something a little more like focused. So my last question. And I I think this episode has been so inspiring in general and really still smiling about this idea of trust. But if you could tell yourself five years ago about your career today, what would you tell yourself specifically when it came to social media and being an entrepreneur and following your gut? Buckle up, over-prepare, hustle hard, you know, keep your head down, stay humble and just work hard, but be open-minded to the possibility of new things. And, you know, I guess like my best approach in life is knowing that we're never done learning. We're never done evolving. We never stop growing. I literally used to think that, okay, you just wake up confident or you wake up successful one day and like, that's it. You're done. Success and confidence and all that is a journey not a destination. So yes, you may have some goals along the way, but just realizing that it's one long story. It's a journey and, you know, just be open-minded and like ready for anything that comes, I guess. (laughs) That's so inspiring. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Where can people find you? You can find me always in case the interweb shut down tomorrow at carolynmorand.com. And my most favorite platform right now is Instagram at carolynmorand. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you everyone for listening in. We will be linking all of the fantastic people that Carolyn talked about, as well as all of the services that she uses in the show notes of this episode. That's all for this time. See you next time. Thank you. Since you've made it this far, don't forget to subscribe to the Bloggist podcast over on iTunes so you never miss another episode. Show your support by giving us a five-star rating and taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on Instagram stories. We always love seeing who's tuning in. And for more information about Bloggist, check out bloggist.co. That's B-L-O-G-I-S-T.co. 
For influencers, think of Blogist as your personal manager. We're here to crunch the data about your audience, help you identify ways to grow your online following, and discover ways to monetize your social media channels. And for brands, Blogist gives you all of the qualitative and quantitative data necessary to find the perfect digital influencers to work with who will help you build your brand and convert new customers. That's all for this week. See you next time.